Hello, welcome to the College Football Pod. This is our second episode where we will be detailing the SEC. I'm Ben. I'm Milan. I'm John. I'm Dobie. All right, so today we will be giving our record predictions and our detailing of each team as we did for our last episode with the Big Ten. So we're going to start with the SEC East. Uh, we'll start with seven. I'm with, I go with Vanderbilt. I mean, there's not much to say about Vanderbilt. They placed bottom three in recruiting in the SEC every year since 2010, and they just don't have the talent to go up against the stronger teams in the SEC. I just three and nine. Yeah, this one's pretty easy that Vanderbilt is just at the bottom here. You, they, they lose Keyshawn Vaughn. They lose Lipscomb. They lose Pink, Pinkney. They lose a lot of guys, and they just don't replace them. Uh, have a really bad recruiting class. They're just not a good team. Three and nine for me also. Yeah, yeah I'm the same thing. Said, they lost, like, all their players, poor coaching, and a tough schedule. I have them at three and nine too. Yeah, I have the same thing. They just didn't make any improvements from last year. All right, and then at six, I have Kentucky. Uh, losing a guy like Lynn Bowden is going to be really tough because he plays a lot of positions and really just makes that offense really dynamic. But then you re- return a guy like Terry Wilson, who will be really good and has a very high ceiling. And then they lose a guy like Ahmad Wagner, who will really hurt that wide receiver room. But then, like, and then on defense, you also lose Cash Daniel, which is really tough. But you do return most of your secondary. They have a tough schedule, though, and there's just a lot of holes on that team. I think five and seven for them. Um, at six, I have South Carolina. I just think the losses Same. of guys like Brian Edwards and Javon Kinlaw is a humongous loss. That guy is an mm-hmm. absolute stud going to the 49ers. And Brian Edwards is a very underrated, humongous loss for, for that type of offense. They don't, re- I mean, they have that the quarterback battle with Colin Hill and, and, uh, their new freshman Do- Doty, but I just, I don't see them being very good after losing such sig- significant players on both sides of the ball. I have them at four and eight, another four and eight season. Well, they have, they have Ryan Holinsky. They have Ryan Holinsky. Yeah, they have Holinsky yeah. too, battling been... for the quarterback job. But I just, I don't see um, losing Brian Edwards. I, they don't really replace Brian Edwards and Javon Kinlaw well at all. So even if yeah. Holinsky or yeah. Hill, whoever wins that job, probably Holinsky, I don't see them winning uh, many games. I have them at four and eight. Yeah, I have them five and seven just for the same thing. They lose Brian Edwards, and then they also lose, you know, they lose all three of their starting running backs, and then they have to go to Florida, um, go to LSU, go to Clemson, and then play Tennessee, Texas A&M, and Georgia. So I don't don't see them winning more than five or six games. Yeah, yeah, I've got them at five and seven too. Yeah, I've I have them at five actually because. I, I really like their their defense. They got uh I mean they got Ernest Jones back, Aaron Sterling, and they get JC Horn back, who is I think one of the best corners or I mean top three, top four corners in the SEC. So I think they'll have a good team. I mean they do have a tough schedule though. I think six and six for them at five. Yeah, um at five I got Missouri. Um they they lose a lot of guys. The, Kelly Bryant stepped in and did pretty well um, last year, but they still went 6-6 six and six after following an 8-5 record in 2018. They, uh, they'll have another quarterback battle with Powell and Blasiak and um, uh, Sean Robinson coming from TCU, but they, they just last year they just were not dominant on the uh, defensive line, and they lose Jordan Elliott on that defensive line. They had the fewest sacks of any team in the SEC. 
they do return Nick Bolton, who is an who is a stud. But yeah. I just I don't I don't see them doing much more than last season. I have them at six and six. I mean, Nick Bolton had 103 tackles last season, so he was really good. But they yeah. still have no production on that defensive line and lose their best tackle. So that's true. Yeah. Yeah, no, I have the same exact thing. You six and six. I have uh, I have Kentucky at five actually. I just think it depends on how good Terry Wilson can be, but I just yeah. I don't think he'll be great, and um, not the easiest schedule for them. So I have them at six and six. Yeah. Uh, so we'll move on to four. I have Mizzou. Uh, Eli Drinkwitz, first year with the Mizzou Tigers. I mean, they have. A, I just think they have a really like a fairly easy schedule for the SEC, and they return Jalen Knox, who will really stretch the field for them, and it'll really help that offense. But and then just Nick Bolden on defense just makes everyone better. Hundred three tackles next season, and it'll just get better over time. And with that. I mean, they just have a like a pretty easy schedule, as I said before, and they return sh- or they get Sean Wa- Sean Robinson from TCU. I think I mean, if he starts, I mean they'll obviously have a battle, but I think if he starts, I think they could definitely go seven and five. Yeah, I get. I have Kentucky at four. Um, I know Lynn Lin Bowden's a really big loss. He he did a lot for that offense. Got drafted in the third round for a reason, but um. Uh, I have a good amount of faith in faith in Terry Wilson after I saw, you know, they he goes behind one of the best offensive lines in the SEC and they bring back um three of their running backs last year who were pretty productive and I think can be more productive this year behind a really good offensive line. Um they their defense was pretty good last year and they lose a couple guys like Calvin Taylor, but I think they've replaced those guys and I think, you know, they can go be a 7 and 5 team, but it really does depend on Terry Wilson. And, but I have more faith in that offensive line to protect him and make this a dom- not a dominant offense, but a successful offense with a pretty good defense to be a seven and five team. Yeah, no, I have the same thing. I have Kentucky seven and five at four, and pretty much the same notes. I mean, it really depends on Terry Wilson, and I mean, like you said, they returned most of their own line, who was really good last year, and they bring back three running backs who all ran for at least 500 yards, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. I've got Missouri at four at seven and five. I don't know how good of an actual team they'll be, but they have a really easy schedule. They have pretty easy wins for Central Arkansas, Vanderbilt, Eastern Michigan, Louisiana, Arkansas. So I think they'll be able to scrape out seven wins and go seven and five. Okay. And then three, I have Tennessee. They had they struggled early, especially with that loss to Georgia State, but they turned it around really quickly. They had great line play last year and their running back their running back room with Eric Gray and Ty Chandler was just really, really good. And they returned Jared Garantano, who I mean he's a veteran Q and showed a lot. And they returned a lot of starters defensively. And I mean they have a tough they have a pretty tough uh non conference schedule playing Oklahoma. I think eight and four, but they definitely could fall to seven and five. Yeah, I think the top three in this this division are pretty, you know, locked. And I, yeah, I got Tennessee there too at eight and four. Um, Garantano, I think he can step in and and be good, be use his past years as experience. I think they've always had a pretty weak offensive line, but they bring back Trey Smith this year, who's one of the better guards in the SEC. So they'll have a they'll have a good line. Um, Jawan Jennings and Marquez Callaway are big losses to the receiving corps, but um, I really think that uh, 
guys in the in the backfield like Ty Chandler and Eric Gray can really them returning can be a a good push for this offense. I don't see them competing with a team like Georgia, but I can definitely see them going eight and four. I think they're a pretty good team. Yeah, no, I have the same thing. Tennessee eight and four, um, just because I mean solid O line and then the Ty Chandler, Eric Gray are back, and I mean I'm pretty sure what do they have the second best recruiting class right now? So, I mean they'll be freshmen, but. I think some of them can make a difference and then going into next year too. Um, and then, but like Ben said, they have to go to Oklahoma week two, um, which will be tough. But Yeah, that recruiting ca- class is actually 2021 though. Oh, okay. But yeah, definitely moving forward, they'll have a lot of good teams moving forward, but they just have to take that next step, especially with that line play. Yeah, I have Tennessee eight and four there too. They didn't lose too much, and they're solid all around. I think they'll be able to win games versus lesser teams, but they'll have trouble versus like Oklahoma, Bama, and Georgia. But they'll be able to go eight and four. Yeah, just playing that that uh, non conference game with Oklahoma. That's a tough draw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, at two, I have Florida. I think there's not a lot of question in this top three, as Alon said, but Florida's top five quarterback in Kyle Trask, who. Last year went into Death Valley and threw for 310 yards and three touchdowns. And that I just thought that was a huge moment for me, just seeing how good he could be in pressure situations. But then defensively, you use a guy like C.J. Henderson. But then on offense, you bring back Kadarius Toney and Jacob Copeland, who will really help out Kyle Trask. And then they add Lorenzo Lingard, who was the former five-star out of Miami. And they don't have an t- insanely tough schedule, but they also have a really good team. I think 10-2 and two for Florida. Yeah, I like, I like Kyle Trask a lot. I really um, – I'm, it's interesting to see you bring back Copeland and Kyle Pitts and Trevon Grimms, but you also lose guys like Van Jefferson and Freddie Swain. So, I mean, it's, it's a pr- they're pretty big losses for the offenses. So, to see how he rebounds is important. It'll, they lose Perrine to that, to that uh, backfield and – um, I think losing C.J. Henderson, who was one of the best quarterbacks in college football last year and one of the better pass rushers in Jabari Zuniga is going to hurt that team. I don't think – I think they'll be better than a team like Tennessee. But, again, I don't think there's many teams in this division that are going to compete with Georgia. And uh, Florida's most likely not going to be one that, that's going to compete with Georgia because a lot of big losses. And although they get some good players back, I just – you can't overlook the losses in C.J. Henderson and Zuniga and – Guys like Van Jefferson. I got yeah, them at 9-3. and three. Yeah, I've got them 10-2. and two. Their defense should still be good, even though they lose like guys like Henderson. Um, but, I mean, Kyle Trask is back. who's showed he can be like a good quarterback in the SEC. But then behind him, they also have Emory Jones, who's like super talented, even though I think Kyle Trask um, will start. But it'll be cool to see what they do with Emory Jones. But then they also have wide receivers back Jacob Copeland and then tight end Kyle Pitts so yeah no last year they showed a lot when they brought in Emory Jones for a lot of option plays and he showed a lot especially in that uh LSU game yeah he's he's pretty good he's athletic yeah I've got them 10 and 2 they lost a lot I still think they'll have a pretty good defense and it'll be interesting to see if Trask can make a leap an extra leap this year and be an elite quarterback in the SEC, but I just don't see him doing that, and I see him not being able to compete with top teams like Georgia and Alabama and ending 10-2. and All right, at one, I have Georgia. Not a lot of question here. 
They brought in Jamie Newman, who is a monster transfer. That was really big pickup, especially losing a guy like Jake Fromm. And then, I mean, he'll just step right in and really make that offense a lot better. And they bring back 10 starters from offense and defense, including a very, very good receiver in George Pickens. And they bring back Zamir White, who's really good. And I just they, – they got a lot of guys back. They're going to have a really good and talented team. And especially with those consistent recruiting classes, I think 11-1 and one for Georgia. Yeah, I agree. I got them at 11-1. and one. They lose guys like Jake Fromm, but they replace him with Jamie Newman. Lose a guy like DeAndre Swift, but replace him with Samir White. And yeah, get back George Pickens. The only place that I'm kind of worried about is that offensive line because you lose both your tackles, who are both you know first-round guys, with, and Andrew Thomas and Isaiah Wilson. And you lose your safety in J.R. Reed. But I really think this team is better than any other team in the East Division. I really think it's a really good team. They get better on offense, even though the offensive line is is a little bit suspect. But um, I really think this is a good team. So I got them at 11-1, and too. It's going to be interesting when they play uh, Bama and Auburn to see uh, if they can win those games. Those will be vital for their season. Yeah, I've got um... – yeah, I got them 11-1, too. I'm just like – I'm super excited to see Jamie Newman um, in the SEC. That'll be really cool, but um, they'll have to improve their O-line. Um, but, I mean, they have George Pickens back, um, which is really good for them. And then they also return like 80% of their defense, who was insane last year. But I think they'll drop a game. Um, I think they'll beat Auburn, but I think they'll drop a game going to Florida, even though I think they're better than Florida, but it's tough to play there, or going to Bama. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think they could win that Florida game, but I think Bama's going to be the one they drop. Yeah, I think they go 11-1. Um, I think Jamie Newman's going to be a beast. The offensive line has question marks, but I still think they're going to be the clear number one team in the East and go 11-1. and All right, uh, we'll move on to the SEC West now. At 7, we have Arkansas. Uh, I mean – you, they bring in a transfer, Felipe Franks, who was absolutely terrible at Florida. I hated him, and he just did not play well at all. And they had a defense that just got absolutely torched last year, letting up 6.54 yards per play. And it's just with a new coach and a very, very, very tough schedule, it just looks like a recipe for disaster. I think 3-9. and nine. Yeah, they're, they're not a good team. Uh, not at all. Felipe Franks, really. I mean, could he make them better? I guess a little bit, but I really don't see them being better than a like a three and nine, four and eight team. Yeah, I got them at three and nine also. I have them uh, four and eight. Um, just because I think Felipe Franks, you know, he sucked at Florida, but I think he can be, you know, pretty good or average on a team like Arkansas. Um, also, I mean, they have Rakeem Boyd. Um, last chance you. Um who ran for 1,133 yards last year, which is crazy. And then uh, they also return most of their receiving core. But, I mean, their defense will probably still be terrible, which is, I mean, it's tough when your defense is terrible in the SEC. Yeah, yeah. you do. Have, you have to have a really good defense to play with these big teams. Yeah. Yeah, I have them 3-9. They don't have too many bright spots on the whole team. And – with a tough schedule, I don't see them winning more than three games. Yeah, and they have a 19-game losing streak in the SEC, so. <laughs> yeah. All right, six, I have Mississippi State. 
new new coach with Mike Leach. Uh, I mean, they do have Kylan Hill back, who will be uh, honestly probably one of the top running backs in the SEC. And then you get Tommy Stevens back, who he's he's proven he's average. He's nothing special, but he could play quarterback for them. And I mean, defensively, you have one of the top linebackers in the SEC and Errol Thomas. But like on defense, he can only do so much. He, there's just a lot of holes there. I think five and seven. Uh, Wait, doesn't I... Tommy Stevens leave? Oh, didn't he? Maybe. I think he got drafted seventh round. Saints, right? Don't remember. I think he he declared like super super late. I'm pretty sure. Ah. Uh, and then oh got yeah, up, so they'll have to replace him. Yeah, they will have to replace him. That's my bad. Um. Yeah. No. Definitely. But big I, loss. I still have him five and seven. Yeah, um, Sam. Well, they'll have to replace him, and then they lose four senior wide receivers. But they still have Kylan Hill, who was all SEC last year, and probably definitely be this year too. And then they have to lose uh, um, seven of the team's top twelve tacklers on defense. So, yeah, they get Earl Thompson back, but um, who's their defensive leader? They they add Mike Leach. Yeah. They get Kylan Hill back. I just I don't see them. I I could see them going six and six and winning a bowl game. That's what I have them at six and six. But I just I just don't see a lot for this football team this year. Uh, as Toby said, they lost seven of their team of the team's top twelve tacklers from the season from last season, which uh, never a recipe for success in the following year. Yeah, yeah, I've got them going five and seven. Lost a lot on their defense and their starting quarterback. I don't see them winning more than five. All right, at five, I've Ole Miss. Uh, new another new coach in Mississippi. Lane Kiffin, I think this was a really good hire for them going forward. He, uh, I mean, his offensive schemes are just really good. And then you get bring a guy, John Rice Plumley back, who he's been playing really well for them. Uh, they get Elijah Moore back, Jerry and Ely. Uh, they have a tough schedule, though. And they play Baylor non-conference, so I just six and six for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, I like Plumlee coming back after a pretty good freshman year, and I think Gary and Ely is going to be good. I really like Lane Kiffin. I think, yeah, as you said, Ben, that's a really, really good hire for them. Um, I just don't see them being a great team and competing in such a tough division. I see them going 6-6 six and six also. Yeah, I think if they had an easier schedule or in a different conference, they could do, you know, better than 6-6. Six yeah. and 6-6, six. Six they, they return um, Plumlee. Uh, Ely and their top three receivers, um, but they have to replace. Well, they return both their guards, but have to replace both their tackles on the O line, which I mean they can deal with. But they also return Lakia Henry, who was their leading tackler on defense. Yeah, I really like the Kiffin hire too, but I just don't know how much of an impact it'll have the first year. Um, I like that they're returning a lot of their offense besides some of their O line. Um, but I just don't think the people that they're returning are good enough in this conference to bring them to a higher record than six and six. So that's mm-hmm. why I have them. All right. At four, I have uh, Texas A&M. 
I just think, will Kellen Mond be as good as everyone says he's going to be? That's just a huge question mark for the Aggies because he's shown so many flashes, but if he can be consistently good this season, it will be huge for that team. And that front seven will be really good with Jaden Peavy and DeMarvin Leal. And I'm, they have a really easy schedule outside of Bama, Auburn, and LSU. I think nine and three for them. Yeah, for three and four for me, it's really a Kellen Mond versus Bo Nix. And, like, I'm just going to – I'm going to take Kellen Mond and I'm going to take the team that's um, lost more guys. The Texas A&M returned 16 starters from last season while Auburn loses three really good defensive players in Derek Brown, Marlon Davidson, and I'm going to pronounce this wrong, but Noah Igbonohene, who uh, – yeah. A, who's a really good quarterback? They lose a lot of a lot of good guys. Um, they were they get back yeah Eli Stove, who's a who's a good offensive target. But I just I don't know how good Bo Nix is. I really don't don't trust him. Um, I think Texas A and M is just a little bit better because they they return a lot of guys, and I like Kellen Mond more than Bo Nix. I have Auburn at eight and four. Um, I have Texas A and M at nine and three. I have them tied Auburn and. Texas A&M both at nine and three, but Auburn at three, uh, just because I think they're a little better. But just like um, you guys said, it's really up to like what Kellen Mond does this year if he can step up to the next level. But I mean, they also have Isaiah Spiller, who's going to be a sophomore now after running I think for like nine hundred fifty yards his freshman year, which is pretty impressive. Um, they also return um, most of their O line, and they have some good receivers back. And then, like I said, they return some good. Um, pieces on their defense. Yeah, I've got Texas A&M at nine and three. I think I kind of had the same thought process as Alon, where it's like Bo Nix versus Kellen Bond, and I just don't trust Kellen Bond. I think Bo Nix will have a better year than Kellen Bond uh, because I think they have pretty even rosters all around otherwise, yeah. and I just think Bo Nix is a better quarterback than Kellen Bond. All right, so, yeah, I mean, I have Auburn at three. I have Auburn at three. Uh, again, uh, I mean, I, I think they're both going to go nine and three, but I just think Auburn's slightly better just because that offense with Bo Nix, if he can make that next jump, he, I mean, he's showed that he has a lot of potential. And I feel like you can't judge him that much because he was a true freshman playing one of the toughest schedules, playing against the top teams in the SEC. And he showed a lot, especially – and then you bring a guy like Anthony Schwartz back who will really stretch that offense. And you lose Derek Brown, but then you get Christian Tutt and Big Cat Bryan back, which that D-line will be, again, very strong. But 9-3 and three for them, yeah. They have a lot of holes, especially in the secondary. Yeah, no, I have the same thing. I think Bo Nix will improve, but I don't see him being that good. They also have a new OC from Arkansas which will be interesting. Um, and they return, I mean, their best three receivers, which will be good for Knicks, but they lose all four starters on their O-line, which is will probably be tough on him and the team. Yeah, I got Texas in. I'm at, at three, at nine and three. I just, as a, for reasons I said earlier, I just trust Mond a little bit more than Bo Nix, and I really think that returning 16 starters, especially in, like, a time like this is really important. Their only big defensive loss in just, is Justin Matabuke, um, while Auburn lost a lot of big defensive guys and uh, A&M returns. Guys like Isaiah Spiller and Jamana Osbon, who um, are important pieces to help Ellen Mond in the senior year. So 
I have them at nine and three, but yeah, it's really close between AM and uh, Auburn. Yeah, I've got Auburn nine and three over AM though, just because I think Knicks is better than Mon, but obviously a lot of holes on that Auburn defense, so it'll be interesting to see. All right, yeah, so two, I think we all have the same thing for the top two. We have I have LSU. Uh, I mean, I think Miles Brennan could definitely step in and play a big role in that offense. He, I mean, just they're a really good coach football team. I love Coach Orgeron and Miles Brennan. He has a lot of talent, and it's just there's a big question mark there. It that could really depend if they go ten and two or nine and three. And they lose Delpit, Jefferson, Joe Burrow, Jacob Phillips, and basically their entire line. Yeah. But then you bring back Derek Stingley, who's just – I think he's going to be top player in the SEC. I have him as my number one player in the SEC. And then, I, and then they get Jamar Chase back. Uh, I mean, they definitely have all. They definitely have a lot of talent. Uh, I think they could definitely go ten and two, depending on Miles Brennan. Yeah, I think Miles Brennan is a big X factor, but they just lose so many guys, like underrated guys like Thad Moss and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and uh, that entire line. As you said, they lost uh, three really big guys in Cushenberry, Damian Lewis, and Sadiq Charles, and I think a really underrated loss. It's a really good football team, but. Joe Brady going to the Panthers is a pretty big loss for that. No, that's that a offense, huge loss for yeah. that offense. So, um, yeah, I think Jamar Jamar Chase coming back and Terrence Marshall will be good weapons for Miles Brennan. But I don't see this team being as dominant as they were last year for pretty obvious reasons. I mean, just lost the best quarterback in college football. Yeah, no, I'm tending to Miles Brennan um, will probably come in, but he's got some big shoes to fill. Um, but, I mean, he won't have Joe Brady calling his plays. And then they also lose. I think Ed, Edwards e, e. was really good last year. And then, obviously, Justin Jefferson. But, I mean, they return Jamar Chase, who will wear number seven, which is pretty cool. And then they also lose – or, no, they bring back Harris Marshall. So, I mean, I think he was um, a solid receiver too. But, I mean, they lose Delpit. But, like Ben said, Stingley's back. And, I mean, he's – Ben said he's the best SEC player, so that's a really good keep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't think you can lose as many players and the coordinator that they did and compete with Alabama, so I've got them at 10-2. and two. Yeah, okay, so one, obviously, Alabama. Uh, just this, this team is going to be a powerhouse. Defensively, they get Dylan Moses, who will be – I'm up there with the best defensive players in the nation. Josh McMillan back. You get, I mean, if you bring in Bryce Young, who is the number one player, number one quarterback and top five player in the nation. And then, I mean, he could start. And if he doesn't, you still have Mac Jones, who's shown he's not terrible. He can play with the, with the amount of talent they have around him with Najee Harris coming back and Devontae Smith. Uh, twelve and zero. Nobody's beating Bama this year. Yeah, I really, I really think that Mac Jones can just go in with Jalen gets Jalen Waddle back and Devonta Smith and Najee Harris. I think it's just such a good team. And on defense, the the guys that they get the boosts that they get that you used uh, that you said like Dylan Moses and Joshua McMillan. Um, I mean. Ruggs and Judy, Terrell Lewis, Trevon Diggs, uh, Xavier McKinney, and. Jedrick Wills are all big losses, but I think they did well in 
replacing pretty much um, most of those guys and um, like have a Pat- really good team. You got like Patrick Sertain back. Yeah, really Sertain good, is uh, back. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got a lot of youth there, and I think I think that they'll they'll be a really really good team. Yeah, I have them twelve and zero also. Yeah, um, I have them one too. Um, like Ish said, they've got some um good uh replacements on D, even though they lose some key players. Um, and they lose Judy and Ruggs, but they'll still have Waddle and Smith, obviously, and they're I mean great receivers. And Najee Harris is back, who's a beast. And then Mac Jones, I think, like, he threw some bad balls against Auburn. But, I mean, I thought it was an impressive win against Michigan. He played pretty good. And then, obviously, Bryce Young is in there. Yeah, if you need him, he can come in. I think Mac Jones will start, most likely. Yeah, I've got him 12-0, too. Firepower all around their roster. And I think they have, by far, the best roster in the SEC and arguably the best coach in Saban. I don't see them dropping a game this year. All right, uh, so now we're going to move on to my top 10 returning players. It's going to be a lot of Alabama players, so. <laughs> All right, 10, I have Najee Harris, uh, running back, Alabama, 1,224 yards, 13 touchdowns, and he averaged 5.9 yards for carry, which is insane, and he's very, very good. Eight, I have George Pickens. He showed a lot of talent as a true freshman and just he if he can make that next big jump, he is a really good player. Eight, I have Kyle Trask. He had two thousand nine hundred forty one yards, twenty five touchdowns, with not even a full year. And then he had three hundred ten yards and three touchdowns, as I said before, against LSU at LSU against one of the def- best defenses in the country, which is Really, really good. Seven, I have Devontae Smith. Last year, he had 68 receptions, 1,256 yards, and 14 touchdowns. And he's with that next big role when they lose, uh, as you said before, you lose Judy and Ruggs. He'll take that big step as being probably wide receiver one, so he'll be really good. At six, I have Nick Bolton, linebacker, the Mizzou. He had 103 solo or 103 total tackles, 70 solo tackles, one sack, and two interceptions. He's so he's really talented, and he's really really good, and will be huge for that Mizzou team. Five, I have Patrick Sertan, uh, corner, Bama. He had 32 solo tackles, three forced fumbles, and two interceptions with eight pass breakups. He's really good and will definitely take a much bigger role as Trevon Diggs leaves. And then at four, I have Jamie Newman, the transfer from Wake that will come into Georgia. Last year, he had 2,886 yards in the air and 26 touchdowns and 648 rush yards. And he just has so much talent. It can really make that offense a lot better, especially, I mean, losing a guy like Jake Fromm, that's really tough, but he'll come in there and, really help that team at three at Jamar Chase uh there's not really much to say about him he had 84 receptions set 1,780 yards and 20 touchdowns definitely probably the best receiver in the nation and definitely the best receiver in the SEC at two I Dylan Moses the linebacker out of Bama I think it's up it's him and Micah Parsons right there with the best defensive players 
best D uh, DNs, D, DN linebackers in the nation. He had 45 solo tackles, three and a half sacks, and one forced fumble last year. And it'll just be a lot better this year. At one, I have Derek Stingley. Uh, as I said before, best player in the SEC, in my opinion. Corner at LSU. Last year, as a true freshman, he had 31 solo tackles, six interceptions, and 15 pass breakups. And it's just, with him, it'll be a much bigger role with all the guys they lost last year. And as another year of experience, he'll just be really, really good. For sure. So uh, yeah. do you guys have any feedback on that? Good list. Yeah, no, I like the list. Yeah, I thought it was a good list. Well, one thing I wanted to add is it'll be interesting to see how Najee Harris does again after losing a guy like Jedrick Wills um, at tackle. So if he can yeah, gain the no. edge again and be a be a dominant running back, it'll it'll really boost his draft stock. Yeah, I, I, yeah, he's definitely a big, strong guy, and Bama always produces really good running backs, yeah. so – all right. Uh, thank you for tuning in to this episode of the College Football Pod. I'm Ben. I'm Milan. I'm John. I'm Dobie. And thank you, and see you next time.